Welcome friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you are today. This is Dick Dalton, your host for Glocal News and Social Artistry, where we get to talk to people who are building a more humane world from the inside out. And today is no exception. We are, for the first time, going global to Lusaka, Zambia. And we're speaking with Donna Ray Seville, who is uh, a research uh, fellow there in HIV research, and Lincoln graduate. I had him in school a few years back, went on to get his master's in public health, did Peace Corps, and now is uh, living and working in Zambia. Are you on the air, Donna Ray? Yes, sir. This is Donna Ray from the USA. Can you hear me? Yes, we're we're getting you queued up here, getting the volume right. <laughs> this is exciting, Donna Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I think you have a number of I friends. Some... Yes. Uh, do we have a little delay in uh, when I talk and you talk? Can you tell? I don't think so. It sounds to be clear. How does it sound on your side? It's it's very clear. So I'm I'm excited. This is this is fantastic. So Donna Ray Seville, you're a you're a young man still, <laughs> and you have done a lot of things, and uh, your your journey has been so uh, interesting. I, it's just going to be, I think, a great uh, story for our listeners to hear. Do you? Can you just tell us uh, though exactly what it is you're doing today, or? in your work right now in Lusaka, Zambia. And I think that's the capital, isn't it? The capital of Zambia? It is the capital. It, it is, yes. And by the way, uh, are you uh, close to the University of Zambia, or are you down by the golf club, or uh, out by the shopping mall? Where are you uh, today? Well, there are shopping malls in almost every corner of Zambia. It's, okay. it's quite strange. For some reason, there's a lot of shopping centers here. But uh, the university is not too far from me, and the golf club is where my former Peace Corps office was located. So I, I see you've done some geographical research. Well, I'm looking I'm looking at Lusaka right now on my Google Maps. So I, I could probably oh, yeah. pinpoint my, my where you are. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll have to go to what they call the compound areas. And these are kind of a low socioeconomic status environment. Uh-huh. And that's where my organization and myself are currently located because the work I do, it involves uh, identifying high-risk women uh-huh. or HIVAs or STIs mm-hmm. and kind of following up their behaviors on their STI transmission rates or just their pregnancy rates and kind of just to see ways that we can prevent the spread of HIV overall, as well as monitor other uh, high-risk behavior for STIs. And and I work with, uh, <laughs> my, I'm sorry, Dr. Dunham, I'm pretty excited to be online with you right now, so I want this to be natural. I don't want to sound like <laughs> I'm reading from a sheet of paper. <laughs> That's all right. Whatever it sounds like is going to be fantastic. <laughs> Okay, great, great. So my current position is a HIV research fellow for the the Global Health Corps, which is a USA nonprofit. Okay. And we recruit people from all around the world to go into high-impact organizations to kind of help out with the health system there and the population served. 
And when I say high impact health organizations, I just mean uh, community organizations with, that are known in their community to deliver and be involved with the people there. So myself, I'm at an organization known as the Rwandan Zambia HIV Research Project, and it's called that because we have sites in uh, Rwanda, the country of Rwanda, and Zambia. So what I do here, we basically have a lot of, lot of, lot of research initiatives, and I just oversee them to make sure that everything, the, the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, mm-hmm. that everything is in compliance. Because this industry of uh, clinical research. They say nothing's perfect, but in clinical research, almost everything has to be perfect. Otherwise, you'll be answering a lot of emails, a lot of questions being thrown away. So myself, I just kind of oversee the processes here to make sure everything's in compliance with uh, good clinical practices uh, and other regulatory bodies. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, this has been an interesting journey to get there. From uh, Chicago, didn't weren't you born around Chicago? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I was born in Chicago, eight eight eighty eight. That's the birthday date. Uh, <laughs> eighty eight, okay. <laughs> and and yeah, Chicago, very 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 beautiful place, very beautiful place. I hope uh, some of your listeners have been or get a chance to go. If they have not been yet, I recommend they go in the summertime where. The weather is respectful and decent, <laughs> but Chicago, <laughs> there's uh, there's two sides of Chicago. There's like the the very popular, beautiful, scenic side of Chicago with the skyscrapers, and then you have the historical, I guess, um, Al Capone side of Chicago. Hmm. And myself, I've kind of seen both sides, and I knew the person I was, or the person I am. I say was because we're always changing and evolving into better creatures. So the person I was, I just felt like I did not belong there because of my like kind of the passion. I could never really understand the act of violence, and there's a lot of violence there. Yeah. I love my home very much and dear. But I just couldn't understand a lot of the things. And in my neighborhood in particular, you wouldn't believe it, Dr. Dalton, but a lot of our advertisements in the neighborhood I grew up with would tell us to eat KFC, uh, drink Tangeray, the alcoholic drink. Wow. Come abort your child at Planned Parenthood and uh, go buy Nike. So I, I would wow. venture to other neighborhoods, like uh, the Hispanic neighborhood. Chicago is a very diverse city. Mm-hmm. And you go to the Greek neighborhood, and you see everything is owned by Greek. Everything is written in their language. Same thing for our Spanish neighborhoods. You see murals of their history. And I would come back to my community, the, the African-American community, and I would just see kind of gaps I mean, physically and, and literally, like there would be gaps in our neighbor, in our community. Like buildings would be uh, abandoned, mm-hmm. a lot of open yards, and just just places for where crime could breed itself if you uh, yeah. if you let it. So, I, I, me being a person I am, and Doctor Doug, you know me, so I, I couldn't I couldn't be the person who I am today if I stayed there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the sad thing of life. I've come to realize is that to, in order to be the person. You need to be. You have to almost leave everyone you care about or, or who can't come along with you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, a lesson that uh, some of us have shared with you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it may be a, a deep truth. <laughs> it, it may be uh, to be able to get away and question who I am and why do I believe what I believe and and what do I need to be doing? What's my passion? Uh 
you were very close to your mom and and i i think your dad i i can't recall i, I saw on your facebook page very uh, much, yeah. uh, some pictures and lots of pictures with your mom and uh i i can't remember oh, yeah. when she passed but it it's she's not with us is that right is your mom living uh, no, she, uh, no she's in the uh spiritual form right now my right. father he's still living in the physical form but my mother she's uh-huh. not in the spiritual form uh-huh. all right yeah, yeah mm-hmm. dr donna i i remember that time period you all showed me a lot of support and love mm-hmm. i was still in, in university you all helped me out a lot through that it was kind of a rough time period <laughs> So you came down to Jefferson City, Missouri, Lincoln University. Uh, did you come on a track scholarship, or did you just uh, walk on to the track team? Well, I, I walked on to the track team. I had a very good friend in high school, and I didn't know that it was possible to go to college. Um, as silly as that sounds, where I am right now, but a lot of our uh, high schooler males, they kind of don't realize there are options out there. So my friend, he, he said, hey, check out Lincoln University. They have a great track team. You will be great there. You should go. Mm-hmm. And we both applied. And the funny thing is, if I was accepted to Lincoln University, he wasn't. So oh my goodness. I feel like it was always like his destiny to get me there. Yeah. <laughs> so I walked onto the track team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're a Chicago, yeah, a, a Chicago boy walking into uh, a Jamaican culture <laughs> since uh, very much since uh, Poppy had <laughs> recruited most of the track team from uh, his home country. And uh, yes, yes, what a guy, what a guy still at it, I think. And uh, you did well, you were uh, you're one of those uh relay teams plus whatever else you did. You got into the wellness program, which uh, I was working with at the time. Yep, what did you do your internship? Do you recall where you did your internship? Oh, I can't forget. I did it at the Cox South House Hospital in Jefferson City, mm-hmm. uh, working with the um, the elderly population there. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a, a rehab center. Okay. And Dr. Dalton, being all out honest, this is something I still remember from that facility, great facility, is that I remember working with individuals uh, much older in life than me. All they were there for was for simple things like walking up the stairs and sitting down from a chair and standing back up from a chair. And I just thought, whoa, I have to take care of my body always. Oh, if this is, this mm-hmm. is how the end looks like. <laughs> if there's going to be trouble to stand up and sit down. All right. <laughs> I might as well work on that now. <laughs> well, uh, to look at some of your pictures today, you are still working on that. Uh, I don't know if you run every morning or what you do, but uh, you seem to be in pretty good shape. I, I can't, I can't stop. I, yeah. I can't stop. It's a lifestyle really lifestyle so i just push people not to aim for a summer body but for a more year-round mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. want to live a long time like you dr Dalton. that's all <laughs> not too much to ask for not too much <laughs> not too much so donna ray I seville i'll have to see one day <laughs> why why do we sometimes call you donna ray jones and sometimes we call you donna ray seville oh wow that's I've never shared the answer to that question. Wow, you're about to put me on spotlight. Okay, so <laughs> my full legal government name is uh, Donna Ray Seville Jones. Now, one time I was sitting with my, the elders of my family, and I was just asking them about their grandparents and their grandparents' grandparents, just trying to see like uh, the history of the family tree. Mm-hmm. And that kind of down spiraled until uh, the American slavery that we had. Mm. So at one point I was just kind of... Uh, 
upset that my, my family members were lynched and had to endure such things and were sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. I just decided that um, the names that my mother and father gave me are enough for me. And I want to stop with myself any generational curses, any generational mishaps, you know, I like cheating, drinking. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, this is where the bus stops on all of that junk. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create something new. And I just took on the name my mother and father gave me and kind of took off the, the Jones. Uh-huh. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's why I go about that. Yeah, great yeah. question. <laughs> well, it's, and, and it's a deep answer. I, I appreciate that. Um, you went on to uh, Central, uh, what do they call it now, Missouri State University down in uh, Warrensburg? Yeah, Springfield. Uh, Springfield. Oh, Springfield. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get the new names mixed up. Yeah, gotcha. And you went to uh, work on a uh, master's in public health? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I I originally went there as a uh, graduate assistant for a research project they had. And it was all thanks to Lincoln University, as a matter of fact. Have I ever told you that? No, you didn't. That the reason I got into graduate school was because of Lincoln University? No. I'm I'm interested. Yeah. Dr. Dalton. And you helped out, too. I remember you wrote me a letter of recommendation. I do but a lot of Somehow, <laughs> Missouri State... <laughs> Missouri State University uh, caught hold to some of the research that uh, myself and Dr. Holman of the psychology department did. Dr. Holman, he also lives in Columbia. Yeah, so Gary Holman. Uh-huh. But the, yep, Gary Holman, yep. Uh-huh. They caught hold of some of the research we did uh, together, and we won an award while at Lincoln University for the Missouri Academy of Science. Yeah, I saw you yeah, holding that. Uh, strange time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And they called me while I was at work. I used to work at a car shop, Jiffy Lube. Uh, shout out to anybody working at Jiffy Lube <laughs> that's listening to this. <laughs> because uh, my graduate school called me while I was at Jiffy Lube. And they said, is this Donnelly Jones? I said, yeah, I can't hear you. I said, did you do research at Lincoln University? I said, yeah, who's calling? Said, We'd like to offer you a scholarship to come to Missouri State. What? Incredible. A scholarship to come to Missouri State. I love it. I said, great, I'll be there. That's, that's a fantastic. Yeah, that was, that was, that's from Lincoln. Yeah. So you uh, were doing this work with Gary Holman, Dr. Holman, because you were getting a minor in psychology so you had a master i mean a exactly. major in wellness and a minor in psychology and uh and you performed this research with dr homan and wow that that in itself exactly. is uh, is beautiful and they called you exactly. i love it when they call <laughs> Uh, don't you love it? Don't yeah. you love it? <laughs> so you get down to uh, Springfield, and uh, you. Mm-hmm. I seem to recall a story related to I don't know is it your uh, sort of a a, a spiritual story, a, a visitation, or some kind of an experience you had maybe with your grandmother. I don't know uh, where you really locked in on. I, was it public health? Remember, we were out at uh, the Social Artistry Odyssey, and you were telling stories, yep. and and it just pieces of it stuck with me, but not enough to recall how to tell it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure do. As a matter of fact, and uh, just want to shout out to the Social Artistry community out there for anybody listening. It's a great community, great opportunity. 
in, out there in Ashland, Oregon, I believe it still is. It still is, uh-huh. You'll just grow as a person. You'll just grow as a person there and carry it. Just, just go visit. So, yeah, the story you're referring to is uh, my mother. She passed from a very preventable disease. And uh, it kind of just led me to to want to prevent that in other people. I just couldn't re- see how uh, something so so simple could have been prevented, or something mm-hmm. so devastating could have been prevented. So mm-hmm. if I knew if it was preventable for my mother, mm-hmm. it has to be preventable for others. Right. And that's what led me down the path of public health. Wonderful, wonderful. And so you got to uh, your master's program they offered you this job or uh, this fellowship and master's program public mm-hmm. health uh, somewhere you were working in kansas city i don't know how that and you had some ministry work uh i'm, I'm kind of piecing together oh, yeah. some of your facebook pictures no, a, you're right you're right i am all out here you're right <laughs> and for, for anybody listening who's uh, on the same path or at the same starting points I would suggest that you um, to not be shy. Kind of seek the the counsel of older people, of elders, who are where you want to be at. Kind of just mix around with them and see yourself as their colleagues to to kind of get more out there. Just put yourself out there. Don't hold back. Rarely do opportunities come to you when you're just by yourself. So get out there, make yourself available to also be of service, mm-hmm. and you'll find yourself having opportunities as well. But yeah, Kansas City. That happened as a the, the internship for my master's degree. Ah, okay. And it, another kooky way. It just came along just from opportunities. I would go to these conferences across the state, and I met a director from the Kansas City Department. He was recruiting me without me noticing. There was a, a, a doctor who walked past, and he said, Hey, uh, Dr. Rex Archer, uh, director of the Kansas City Health Department, he said, Hey, doctor, come meet Dr. Ray. We're recruited him to come to the Kansas City Health Department. I looked at him with, with a sudden shock. I was like, you're recruiting me? He said, nothing about this the whole time. And while I was in Kansas City, can you imagine, Dr. Dawson? Can you imagine? Oh, man, I love it. In, in Kansas City, it was a test of my will and my desire. Like, anybody out there who's, who's going for something they really want that is actually attainable, just know you will be tested at some point to mm. see if this is what you truly deserve and what you want. Wow. Because Kansas City was that for me. And I've always been a spiritual person, but I found myself uh, being a, a youth minister mm-hmm. for, for, for children at the Kansas City, uh, City, City of Truth Church. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, that's, that's where the ministry work came in. And it was, it was great because uh, we soaked these seeds, Dr. Dalton, kind of like you soak seeds into your your students, and, and, and months or years or weeks later, these seeds blossom, and mm-hmm. then you can see it, and you say, oh, I helped out with that. Or the person themselves lets you know, like, hey, you helped me get to this point. And right. the youth I used to minister, while I was here in Zambia, Lusaka, located on the continent of Africa, they sent me gift packages with just mail and handwriting, letters, just saying how they appreciate it. Oh, Keep up the good work. And, oh, wow. Yeah, you, ne- you never know how you're influencing people until they tell you. So that's, that's a gift of life, you know? Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. So uh, you stayed there a while? Uh, well, that was just an internship time, I guess. Uh, like oh, yeah. I, a semester I, or more? I stayed there for a while, yep. And then um, I finished up with my master's degree, and I thought to myself, 
I cannot go back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Like I read a statistic that uh, over half of the African American males are either unemployed or another statistic, and I was just like, you know what? I'll have to come back there when I'm much more suitable for the environment. Mm-hmm. Get back. Right now, I'm trying to build myself up. So, believe it or not, I drove to Kansas City directly after my my graduation with two U.S. dollars to my name, <laughs> one internship, and a couch to sleep on, uh-huh. and a, a, a Ford Explorer full of shoes, paintings, blankets, clothing, all my belongings in my Ford Explorer, two dollars to my name, and a good friend. A very a good friend of brother Willie Barton that let me sleep on his his couch for the duration of the internship, mm. and I went back out there and got another job, and and yeah, the, the pieces just started falling in place. Started having dreams about being in Africa, and that's when I knew like, okay, this is going to happen very, very, very soon. All right, that's but that's yeah. interesting. Okay, dreams, uh huh. Uh, very much, yeah, and, and it was uh, three dreams, and they've all manifested in person, and this. And I paused in real life, and I said, hold on, this is the dream from four years ago. Like, oh, okay, okay. I, and to anybody listening and, and thinking about this, like, expect good things to happen to you. Like, when you have a vision, expect to see it come, come to fruition. Don't expect the opposite. Mm-hmm. Because what good is it to doubt something that you really want to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of have this expectation that if it's for you and attainable, then it's going to happen. So when I started seeing, uh, and these were like physical dreams I've had, that manifested in the reality. I just kind of like shrugged my shoulders like, ah, I'm on the right track. I'm on the right path. Right. This is good. Is that kind of a, a deja vu feeling a little bit at first? And then you recall, oh, that was a, a dream I had or that was a, a vision? Yeah, I had. It is a deja vu feeling. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Because uh, one of the dreams was one of fear. And I'm not that fearful as a person, but it was more of a fear of being in a new environment not knowing the language and um, being surrounded by so many people. And that happened in real life. Huh? And just like in the dream, uh, uh, my teacher, my guy, he came to me. He's like, oh, you're lost. You're looking for that place over there. He pointed me the right direction. Mm. And I walked off. And I was like, wait, that's the dream I had. Like, <laughs> the same thing happened in the dream in real life. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. I love it. I love these stories. Oh. Exactly. It's like, and the same thing for the other two. So I'm lots gonna. I know, and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get as many out here as we can in the next 25 minutes. But we're going to take a, a short break, uh, letting people know that okay. uh, I am talking to Donna Ray Seville in Lusaka, Zambia, and yet uh, we'll be right back with more local news and social artistry after a uh, check-in with Dennis. And we're back with local news and social artistry. I'm Dick Dalton, your host, and my guest today is Donna Ray Seville, who is working in Lusaka, Zambia. Uh, you're back on, right, Donna Ray? Yes, sir. Oh. I'm here, and hello, everybody who is listening. You know, before we uh, get to uh, Peace Corps, uh, just a quick backtrack to uh, some of your chalk days. Uh, you're an artist. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, and sir. Yes, sir. Thank God I am. That was a little, uh, you know, kind of a secret that I had no clue of uh, for a long time. I think even until after you went down to Springfield uh, for your master's. But 
yeah, you were sort of a mystery chalk guy that would write on our sidewalks at Lincoln. Uh, these messages would appear, and nobody knew where they came from. And um, <laughs> we had a we had a common friend, uh, Asaya. Uh, I think it, Saya Jones. What I'm not sure what she goes by right now. Shout out to Asaya. Yeah, and uh, so I got clued in that it was you that was uh, putting these messages out. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> and then she tells me, I you're you, you got me. An artist, and uh, and by the way, they were good messages. They were you know up uplifting kinds of uh, things. I don't know. Can't remember any in particular. Um, but I, I do recall one evening when Asaya's parents uh, had come to Jeff City, and in oh yeah, I was invited over for dinner, and you were there, and uh, it was the most beautiful dinner. There was no Asaya didn't have any furniture, <laughs> so you know we sat on the no, <laughs> living room floor. Uh, her brother and sister were there. Uh, and and we all went around and talked, uh, shared things, uh, sang some songs. It was the it was such a beautiful evening, uh, and I just wanted to let you know I count that as uh, one of my prized memories of those days, and uh, uh, just needed to say that. So uh, I know oh, you wow. remember it too. Yeah, that's an honor. Yeah, I do. I do. But like I said, you never know how, how a person feels until they let you know. So I'm glad you shared that that with me. It was a special night. And I still remember the salad you brought. I think you said your wife made it. <laughs> I can't recall, but that salad was, was it was A-OK with me. All right. <laughs> I'll tell her. Well, she's <laughs> listening now, so you can say thank you, Marcia. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we, we're moving now into Peace Corps days. And how did you uh, – Come, come on to joining the Peace Corps. Ah, yes, yes. So, uh, once again, Doctor, like everything that I say, I want it to be for that person who needs to hear it. So I'll just go through this, and I hope that this, this message finds somebody who's uh, along those same lines or knows somebody who is. And basically, I was talking to a very interesting uh, guy. He, he traveled to South America and all around the world, and I was just listening to his experiences. But then I started to listen to his regrets, and I started to tell him, like, how I want to join Peace Corps eventually. And I can hear it in his voice that he regretted not doing it. He said, yeah, I thought about that, too, but I never got a chance to do it. And I remember walking away from the conversation, saying to myself, Donna Ray, we're never going to talk like that. So whatever it is, just go do the application. Whatever happens, just happens. And I, I didn't want to regret it because it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. Mm -hmm. And for the listeners who don't know it, this is um, a two-year contract with the U.S. government to be deployed. And I use the word deployed like uh, like a soldier. You're, you're deployed to an area which is going to need your expertise, whether that's in agricultural farming, education, teaching English, health, youth, de youth development, or a variety of topics. We're deployed to uh, rural environments uh, that need the, the development mm -hmm. of your skills there. And, and yeah, that's, that's what made me do it. I heard somebody regretting it, and I told myself I would never, ever, like, speak with regret on something I wanted. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, 
Just fascinating. Mm-hmm. So did you pick Zambia? Uh, surprisingly, no, I didn't. Zambia picked me. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I picked uh, two other countries, and then this is, this is a little tip for your listeners. Anybody applying for the Peace Corps, always keep your application open. So select two countries that you would like to go to or serve at, but just say that you're, you're open to go wherever. You just make yourself more, more valuable of a candidate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Open to go anywhere. All right. You're you're so the. I just applied to Ethiopia and Ghana, and uh-huh. and Zambia selected me. So I, I love them for that. They they took me in, so they claimed me, so I claimed them right back. <laughs> Great. Uh, what year did you get there? I got here in 2016. It was June, uh-huh. 2016. Yep. And was there, a, was there about uh, two dozen uh, volunteers that were part of a contingent or? How does that work? You... Uh, yes. So it, it works by, you don't do this venture by yourself. You have a, a group, a cohort of mm-hmm. other volunteers mm-hmm. who are going to come into the same program with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But you'll be deployed to different areas, but you'll have a support system. And these people, you kind of come together. At, you meet each other at um, either Washington, D.C. or New York. And you all fly out to your country. The countries that the Peace Corps operates in are, are in all continents, from the, the southwest to Asia, mm-hmm. to, to Europe, Africa, South America, Central America. Mm-hmm. So you fly out to these places with your cohort, your support team, mm-hmm. and you kind of learn technical and language skills mm-hmm. or uh, valuable in your service, because once your service starts, uh, you'll be by yourself, so you need to acquire the language and technical skills to be a valuable value to your community. And what is the language uh, in your area right now? So, <laughs> so there's there's many, many, many languages, but <laughs> they can all be grouped into. Uh, they can all be all the languages. There are seventy two in this one country. Oh my! And they can all be grouped into a category which is called Abantu, A B A. N-T-A, Ubuntu. Uh-huh. And what Ubuntu means is people. So it's the language of the people. Okay. And Ubuntu. then you have some different categories and dialects from there. And you were given training in Ubuntu when you arrived. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be more specific, the language I learned was uh, it's called Tonga. Uh, okay. T-O-N-G-A. And then your specialty, your area that... Uh, that they had you serving the people yeah. with? So, yeah, my, my specialty, I'll, I'll tell you this. So there's many areas of uh, that, that need help, that need work towards, and that depends on your location. So I would have friends who would be in the northern part of the country where it's very rainy and close to the, the, the Congo. Mm-hmm. They would experience cases of malaria almost um, every day at their clinics. But myself, being in the southern part of the country that was more dry, I've seen probably five cases of malaria, which is a, a vector-borne disease. Mm-hmm. from mosquitoes right. transmitted that way. So my area of focus was basically uh, HIV-AIDS, uh, youth development. But I kind of categorized all of that into uh, capacity building. I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't want to go out there and tell people what to do. So I took on the role of somebody who could build up the local capacity to do the things that they want to see done in their community afterwards and what the government wants to see done in their community afterwards. 
Mm-hmm. And that was in the form of uh, building up uh, the human human capacity. Mm-hmm. For example, I would take teachers to workshops, get them trained up on certain skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, healthcare workers, I would teach them supply chain management because uh, ooh, the management of uh, pharmaceutical drugs or the transfer of them, it can be a headache sometimes. Mm-hmm. People request them late or they're out of stock. So it, it was good for the clinic that I served to be able to train in supply chain management. And also, we were able to, to build up some homes there for the clinic because the way it works in America, you have your job, and then you go home, wherever your home may be. But here, a lot of the times, in the country of Zambia, you also live where you work. Right. So that's how I am right now. Work from, and just a few homes down is my actual living space. Mm-hmm. So when I mentioned compassion, the clinic that I was stationed at, they were understaffed. Employee burnout was high and heavy and too much. But they had these abandoned buildings all around their facilities, just abandoned buildings that were started and never completed. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, you all, how about we finish up these buildings here? We can get the local uh, health office to send us more workers mm-hmm. so you won't have your hands so full. And they said, okay, then how are we going to do that? I said, well, Thank goodness I can write a grant and show other people how to do it as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did, Doctor. We wrote a grant. I uh, transferred those same skills over to my partner. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say that just a few weeks ago I was talking to him. I've been out of the, the village for for a couple of months now. Mm-hmm. Just last week I asked him how he was doing, and he said he's managing a grant for another project. So I was All like, right. hey, there you go. That's capacity building. So, All right. Excellent. Yeah, we uh, got some funds in there, built up some houses. And yeah, get that. I can. I'm sorry. I'm just rambling at this point. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, Who is uh, uh, Kenneth Kaunda? Oh, Kenneth Kaunda is the uh, the first president of Zambia. I believe he served in 1968 or 63. Mm -hmm. All right. And he's still alive at this at this day. Yeah, he he was just the first president after after uh, colonial rule. Yeah. So Zambia got independence, at least uh, according to my source on the Internet, 1954. And this uh, Kenneth Kounda became a a highly loved and respected leader. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that that was just a test. I was just testing you. uh, Okay, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Who is is Raymond Palco, P-A-L-K-O? Raymond Palco. Is he a Peace Corps volunteer? I don't think so. But uh, something okay. to do with music and HIV uh, awareness. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I believe he was uh, received with honor from uh, the former President Barack Obama because he made a song. And over here, um, there's different measurements that people use to mm-hmm. combat uh diseases and right. one of them is like entertainment and songwriting right so he created a song uh that even our former president barack obama acknowledged and kind of gave him a reward for and the song you you can just hear it randomly in the street there's mm-hmm. always music here so yeah that's like a way of promotion here of preventing preventing uh-huh. things uh-huh okay another little test what's tiny tim plus uh, tiny tim and friends I need Tim and friends. Is that <laughs> <laughs> okay? It is Christmas time. 
I think it may be connected to Palco. I'm not sure. I'm just, I wrote a few notes down, okay. just a few things. Um, okay. Bucket golf Frisbee. You probably don't play that around there. Uh, okay. Mountain honey Bucket wine. There were a few things about Zambia that uh, I just jotted mm-hmm. down. What about P-I-L-A-T-O, Pilato, a guy, musician? Oh, he's, a, he's another musician, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yes, and uh, a lot of his music sometimes uh, be a thought commercial because back home in America, there was a song called uh, This Is America, and this, the person you bring up, he made a remix that said, This Is Zambia. Mm. It was kind of a political. <laughs> yeah, so he, he's like one of those activists musicians cool cool okay uh wow i'm i'm just kind of trying to paint a little picture of some of the things going on um i did see a picture of you uh helping to deliver a a, a, what is it a mosquito net as part of that malaria prevention and then Mm -hmm. i'm going to go back i'm rambling too you see (laughs) i'm going to go back (laughs) to uh to maybe the first time I met you, uh, I, I think you had my personal community health class, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I did. I did, yeah. And in that class, I would deal or talk about, introduce the subject of HIV, HSV, HPV, and HBV. Mm-hmm. And these were all mm-hmm. viruses. And uh, and we talked a little bit about how the a virus would attach to a cell, like HIV would come in with its own little brain, and it would send its brain into the cell and have it reproduce itself. And and then uh, we talked about the immune system and how uh, I'm, I'm having to, I'm having to reach back here. Uh, <laughs> how there's uh, the uh, okay. the B cells uh, that make the antibodies and the T cells, and then in the classroom uh, I would play an intruding uh, virus, and I would require the class to. Uh, uh, well, I'd have some volunteers come down to be antibodies. Do you recall coming that? Coming back class? to me. <laughs> and I so, do, I do. it Coming back to me. <laughs> and I would sit down sort of in the middle of the classroom. I'd worm my way into a row and say, you know, I'm, uh, I'm the flu or I'm this or that. And, uh, and I, then the, the antibodies were supposed to come and get me and carry me out of the the room or symbolically out of the body uh, i was just reminiscing that you are working in hiv prevention and it was that subject in that class i don't know that you were one of the volunteers that helped carry me out of the room that day but uh, i think i was uh, you very well could have been you you uh, had the uh, I just remember being very early <laughs> It was an 8 o'clock class. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think anybody was ready for it either. <laughs> no, no. It was one of those, uh, what? He wants us really to pick him up and carry him out? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good... You'll sur- be surprised, though. Uh, go ahead. 
you'll be surprised that same exact activity that you were doing with us at about eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning. Those are the same like tools and activities we carry out with youth here because most of the population are um, individuals under like 21. Mm. So a lot, majority of the people here are youth. So mm-hmm. We use those same exact activities to show people how the virus is transmitted, Wonderful. how multiple sex partners can lead to transmission, mm-hmm. or how and just on down the line. Like a lot of things are drawn out, just like you were showing us that day. And mm-hmm. it's crazy. You brought it back full circle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, a little role playing, and, and you can play different parts of the body's immune system and the virus and the different things it really it sort of sinks it into the person when they're physically you know picking me up and taking me out of the room that that's really what mm-hmm. is happening with your immune system when it's uh, really strong and what are the things that you can do to keep your immune system strong like you've pledged for your life you know to as far as your physical health and your nutrition and your lack of drug use and all the different things that you do, uh, all of that is helping your immune system to stay strong, plus your ad- attitude. So I know you're, uh, you're a fantastic uh, teacher and capacity builder. Uh, do you ever get to do any of the uh, four-level exercises that you picked up at Social Artistry? Or anything like them? Uh, which levels? Well, the uh, physical. Yeah, I keep a lot of the inspiration with me, and the um, oh wow! I was just looking at my journal earlier today. What were you saying? I'm, I'm looking at it right now. What were yeah. you saying, doctor? So the four levels were the physical, sensory, and then this historical, psychological, and then the mythic, symbolic, and then the uh, spiritual, unitive levels and then there were little exercises you can do in each level to sort of build your own personal capacity to become more aware of your um, strengths and and potentials and and make those potentials into probabilities and and into uh, actualities so um, it, you know what I do I do I use the historical level a lot I remember mm-hmm. I remember uh, this our speaker that night she was uh, saying that we have a council of elders who are out there that we can still call on to this day for advice and uh, mentorship. Now, they may not be around, and I'm saying, for example, Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. but we can still go back and kind of study the lifestyle and, I guess, like um, the behaviorals and the decision-makers of this individual to mm-hmm. kind of get guidance on what we're doing right now. And I do that a lot to this day. I ask myself all the time, mm-hmm. what would Muhammad Ali do? What would he do? Right. So, yeah, and I learned that from social artistry, definitely. Right. So you're... Also kind of... Yeah, kind of archetype uh, people or or folks that uh, can empower you, you know. In a religious exactly. sense, some people would say, well, I have Christ in me, and or in another mm-hmm. sense, well, uh, you know... Buddha or you know whoever Krishna it's it's all the uh, mm-hmm. the ways that you bring in the empowerment into your own life and and let those uh, powers work through you so uh, exactly so glad to hear I, I and I'd love another hour of your stories you know we can do this again in a, in a few months uh, just to give you a chance to get some more under your belt, and and we can hear a few more stories. Now we know how to talk to you in Lusaka, <laughs> Zambia. Uh, this is just wonderful. 
We're, we're yes, yes. Even though I'm all the way on the continent of Africa, when you call me, doctor, I'll be there. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> we have just about two minutes left. Uh, can you tell us uh, any other story or anything you'd like to pass on to our listeners? That, uh, uh, yeah, the floor is yours for a couple of minutes, just to okay uh, wind up. Yeah, I have stories, but they're more on the comical side. But with the last two minutes, I would like to kind of speak seriously to your to your listeners. Mm-hmm. So you there in your car or at a desk or in your house or walking outside, wherever you are listening to this, believe in yourself. Your environment may not support the areas you're going to, but that's okay. That's okay. Surround yourself with people who are going to flame or fan your flame. And what I mean by that is when you get that spark going, it needs a little fanning mm-hmm. to turn it to a full flame. Get yourself around people like that. Get uncomfortable. I know sometimes we're shy, but, but put yourself out there. Get uncomfortable. I hope it doesn't uh, backfire. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. If it does, come find me. Come find doctor. I'm just joking. <laughs> and also, uh, <laughs> one thing that kind of helps me, and I hope it helps other people to get in a, a better mood from waking up out of bed, are uh, voice recordings of uh, positive affirmations. Mm-hmm. You can find these on YouTube, and they're just great things to listen to to start your day off on the right foot. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much reachable through Dr. Dowling or on Facebook, so if any of these conversations or questions need to be continued, mm-hmm. uh, you can reach me through Dr. Dalton or on Facebook, Donna Ray Seville. And Dr. Dalton, I appreciate this platform that you have and that you're sharing with me. And I wish you nothing but the best, and let's do this certainly again. I'll, I'll be ready whenever you call me. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, this is a little tidbit now, so we can spark some interest later. All right. My current work involves an HIV vaccine. Oh. So there's a vaccine that is in development mm-hmm. to prevent the disease from ever being transmitted. We'll talk about that next time. How about that? How about that? All right. <laughs> I'm ready. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Donna Ray Seville, my friend and uh, uh, colleague. I'll just call you my colleague. Uh, I love you and uh, the best to you each day as you uh, wake up and and greet it with what's going to happen today and how we're going to make this world a more humane place. So uh, carry on the good work. Uh, Keep up the good work. And we'll talk soon. All right. Love you, man. Yes, doctor. I love you, too. Love okay. you, too. Take care. And now, Take audience. Care, you all. all right. I'm going to tell the audience that uh, next week is another uh, world traveler, uh, Christina Amon, A-M-M-O-N. Uh, she hails from Oregon, as well as our guest last week. And uh, I got to travel with her to Morocco, uh, my wife and I did. So Marsh is going to join me in the studio next week as we uh, visit with Christina Amon and Deep Travel. Until then, have a wonderful week. Hope the holiday season is uh, good for you and that you're good for it. Uh, until next week, take care and talk to you soon. <laughs>